This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MetaShare together. We'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson with Harrison Zuckerberg. We will hear from him in just a moment. We are your fantasy coaches here to encourage and help you win while also finding meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right, but we hope we'll be convincing We are a part of the Unpacking It podcast network. I'm coming to you from the Unpacking It ministry studio in Charlotte, North Carolina. We have got a fun show in store. This is the fifth episode here in the off season, and and we'll uh, we'll be coming to you every week from now until the end of the season, basically. And and so now is the the kind of the preseason content as we prepare for fantasy drafts. And then we will be with you throughout the regular season as well, talking about all the waiver wire and surprise performances and disappointments and how do we handle it all during the season. And then we'll help you manage your rosters as well. But more important than that, also on this podcast and throughout the season, we also share fantasy concepts and how they relate to the Bible and our own lives. And, and so we will now call these breakouts. That's our new term for the fantasy-based devotionals uh, here at Fantasy Football Fellowship. And so uh, today's breakout uh, will be coming up in just a little bit, and it will be about fantasy experts. And you and I both rely on fantasy experts, and, and maybe you're looking to, to me and Harrison as a fantasy expert. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. The jury's still out. But, uh, but no, we'll, we'll try to be that for you throughout the year. But, but I want to take a look and, and unpack that, that concept a little bit in fantasy, but also in life. Where are we going for wisdom? And what kind of wisdom are we finding with, when it comes to more important issues in life? Uh, today on the show, we'll also talk about the training camp battles taking place as we speak. The, the the amount of news coming out moment by moment, the updates. If you got your if you have your fantasy notifications on, it's it's bonkers already. So here we go. The end of July. Uh, let, let let's see let's see what the latest. Uh, you know, oh, is this guy gonna get more carries? And we're basing this on a an afternoon workout in July. So we gotta we gotta pump the brakes. We gotta pace ourselves. But we will talk about some of that today, and then. In, in just a moment, we'll also share about some of the players that we've changed our minds on. Uh, and then we'll, we'll talk about a couple other rankings with, with players uh, at this point in the offseason as well. Uh, we encourage you to check out FantasyFootballFellowship.com. And we'd love for you to become a member of Fantasy Football Fellowship. And so you will get access to 
a breakout all throughout the season in written form. Uh, there's a video that goes along with it, and you'll get additional content throughout the entire season. Uh, but you got to become a member. It's only $10 for the whole season. So you, you support Fantasy Football Fellowship, and, and you get awesome access to exclusive member content. We also have it designed for churches, and so you can start a league at your church and use the content uh, to have league meetings. So whether it's at church or whether it's your, your home league that you're in, uh, we encourage you to check out the details on FantasyFootballFellowship.com and become a member today. Also, last thing, and then we'll say hello to Harrison. I want to thank our presenting sponsor, MetaShare. MetaShare is a great partner here at Fantasy Football Fellowship and unpacking it. And if you're looking for an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust, check out MetaShare today. MetaShare.com slash unpacking it. MetaShare offers programs for every budget. So whether you're an individual or a family, go to MetaShare.com slash unpacking it and get a quote. And the best part is MediShare members save on average 50% on their healthcare costs. And so my family, we have been members for probably six years now. And, and so we love being members and it's a great option. It's a unique setup for healthcare, uh, but it's been great for, for my family of four. And so I encourage you to check that out. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. All right, Harrison. Here we go. Training camps have started up, and let's begin with what opinions have changed even within the last few weeks heading into camp, and and even maybe even going back to to last season. Just some guys that that you've switched your uh, thoughts on, and so we will begin there today. But Harrison, how are you, man? I'm doing great, and I love training camp just because. The reports you hear coming out of camp are just unbelievable sometimes. You'll get one report saying <laughs> Davis Mills is going to be a top five QB this year out oh. of the Texans or something. And then another one where an assistant coach goes, oh, Najee Harris showed up five pounds overweight. We think we might replace <laughs> him with this undrafted rookie now in the backfield. Like just absolutely absurd things that never end up coming true. But then there also are some things that you hear that end up becoming true, like who's working with the ones, who's going to be a backup. Is this running back maybe going to get on third downs and have a role in the offense? So it is important to try to filter out, you know, what is real, what is fake, and who's just trying to create a name for themselves by writing a crazy piece to get headlines. That's right. And I'll say, as I've, you know, begun my my preparation, and and I felt good for a couple of weeks, like, all right, I've got a good grasp of kind of the guys that I like. Well, then what happens? The more I research, the more I read, the the more people I'm following on Twitter – now I'm getting confused. Now there's just so much information and I've got, you know, multiple sites that I rely on and, and multiple you know emails that I, that I get from people. We're going to talk about experts in, in a moment, but it's just a lot of information. And so we've got to sort of digest it. And it, what ends up happening too, maybe this is for another, another day, but sometimes the narratives that I've convinced myself, I like to look for content that flows with those narratives. That if I really believe in the Jacksonville Jaguars, for instance, I talked about that on a couple of shows ago, uh, then I want to read about those. And now the James Robinson news comes out and it's like, Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm in on the Jags. Uh, but then at the same time, it conflicts with maybe the narrative that, that I was building on Travis Etienne. And so, all right, now, now all of a sudden, how do I go back to what do I really believe? 
and what is and how do I, uh, you know, use the new information to uh, to help my my ultimate opinion when I'm on the clock for the draft. Who am I going to take? So I am with you as a listener. Uh, it's confusing times right now, but we are here today to hopefully offer a little bit of clarity, cut through some of the noise, and uh, and talk about some of these players today. So, all right, well, who's a player that maybe you've changed your opinion on so far? So one guy that I've changed my opinion on pretty drastically is Cam Akers. And this is because the last time we watched Cam Akers play football, he was coming off of his Achilles t- tear at a, like a relatively groundbreaking pace like we'd never seen someone really recover this quickly from an Achilles and it was in the playoffs and he was absolutely terrible for the Rams in that playoff run that they had he averaged 2.6 yards per carry and just did not look explosive at all but then I took a step back and kind of looked at that through a different lens one he was coming off of like I said a Achilles tear that was a record time for him to get back on the field. Usually that takes about 11 months to recover from. He did it in only a couple months, which was just outstanding. And then two, the guys that they were playing in the playoffs, like those teams were the Bucks, the Bengals, the 49ers, all teams that had top 10 run defenses that year. So it makes sense that a running back coming back so quickly from injury, then playing top level run defenses is not going to be very productive. So then I actually went to my rankings from last year to remind myself that I had Cam Akers ranked as a top five running back going into the season last year before he got injured, which sounds crazy now, but everything from his situation last year is still true this year. He is going to be a workhorse running back who is only 23 years old on one of the top five offenses probably in the NFL. And I feel confident in saying that he's going to be a workhorse. Because when he came back during that playoff run, he had 67 carries compared to Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle's combined 30 carries. So the coaching staff trusted a guy who was maybe only about probably 60 or 70% healthy, way more than the other guys on their roster. So now that he should be 100% healthy going into this year, having an additional seven months to recover, of course they're going to trust him just like they did in the playoff run. Why would they now have a split backfield when that wasn't the case during the playoffs? That's right. I- so, I mean, and you look at Akers, even if he isn't super efficient, like let's say he doesn't get back to what he was pre-injury. Daryl Henderson, who also was extremely inefficient last year with the Rams, he was 36th in yards created per touch and 49th in juke rate. He still finishes the RB 18 last year for fantasy football on a per game basis. So the mm. fact that you could get Cam Akers as an RB2 role where his floor of being you know, a bad player is still like RB18, but has top 10 upside, that's someone who I now really want to draft on my team. Yeah, so I, I've been on the Cam Akers bandwagon, and I was almost starting to be convinced to go the other way. But, but I'm going to stay with you and, 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 and agree that, that Akers is worth taking as an RB2 and there were reasons for why he looked so bad at the end of last year. And and there's been enough time to now feel much better about things. And, and I'm with you. The key McVay likes one running back. He wants to rely on one guy back there on a consistent basis. And when you look across the NFL, that's not a, that there aren't a lot of teams like that, that like the workhorse strategy. Most teams these days, there's probably another episode is talking about, you know, running back by committee. You've got your third down specialist. You got your, goal line guy and and, you know usually three different backs are are getting significant carries these days 
So I, I, I like Akers as an RB two. I'm, I'm drafting. This would I'd be at the end of round two. So if Akers is still there for me in my big league, I'd be fired up about that. The player that I'm uh, been I've been wrestling with a little bit, and he's been in the news so much, is Lamar Jackson. Now, a couple of years ago, I drafted him in that the season. I guess it was 2019 when he was the MVP and he won fantasy leagues. I think he won my my league for me, which was great. Um, and so there's a, there's a part of me that wants to go back to that. And it seems that a lot of people are pushing against him, that, that the narrative is, eh, he's not a great quarterback. And we hear all the talking heads on TV, given all these, you know, rankings and all that kind of thing. And when it comes to fantasy, he can run the ball. He can score touchdowns. The Ravens have their whole offense built around him. I think the contract situation will work out. I mean, who who do the Ravens think they're going to get to replace him? He's still their guy. He's their franchise quarterback. He had plenty of injuries last year, and he's always going to be an injury risk. There's no question about it. Now, I'm not willing to reach for Lamar, but but I think I I'm willing to go after him if he slips a little bit, and the rest of my league is buying kind of the the story that yeah, he's not that good and all that. Fine. If you want to believe that, I still know that he can win fantasy leagues. And then if I drafted a second guy behind him that was sort of, you know, solid, consistent, where I'm really in drafts, I'm going to be targeting Derek Carr, Matt Ryan, those kind of guys that I I, I feel really good about uh, as a number two guy um, with potential to be a, a starting fantasy quarterback as well. So anyway, uh, Lamar Jackson is the uh, the one that I've I've kind of come around again on and and feeling. Yeah, it's kind of. I always like to go against the crowd a little bit. Yeah, so, and I, I agree with you on Lamar because when you talk about the reports that have come out about him, I saw one the other day where it was like a rival NFL exec says that if he won the next ten MVPs, he still wouldn't be a top QB. It's like, well, if you're a rival NFL exec, why would you say anything nice about the opposing <laughs> team's quarterback? Like, why are you going to the Steelers? you know, GM to ask him his opinions on Lamar Jackson. Of course, he's not going to tell you he's a top quarterback. So that's just crazy to me that like things like that, people actually believe in stuff. Um, But speaking of the Steelers, I'm going to give you another guy who was on the Steelers last year, who my opinion has changed on. And that is Juju Smith-Schuster. I was not in on him this off season because I really just don't like Juju that much as a player. And I, it's kind of gone with my fantasy bias towards him. You know, the last couple of years, he's been one of the worst wide receivers in the NFL at creating separation and, and getting open and beating his man. But we got to kind of look at that and, and take it with a grain of salt. Because even though he's not a guy like Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson, that's an amazing route runner, he still produces for fantasy. When he's been healthy, he has been a top 30 fantasy wide receiver every year of his career. And now he goes to Kansas City, which is a massive upgrade in offense compared to where he was at Pittsburgh for the last couple of seasons. And even though he's not going to be the number one guy, you know, there, it's going to be a sort of a wide receiver by committee. They have so many guys filling different roles and they have Travis Kelsey. I'm pretty confident that in the slot, he will get at least 70 receptions and he's a he's a red zone threat after Kelsey. He should be Mahomes second option in the red zone. So that's a really safe floor to me. For someone who's going right now as the wide receiver 35 is definitely going to beat that. He's definitely going to be a top 30 guy. And if you go and read an article that I posted on fantasyfootballfellowship.com, I think there's a small, small chance that if everything breaks right for him, 
he could actually finish as the number one overall fantasy wide receiver, given some past trends that we've seen of guys who have come into similar situations like he did and finished as the number one overall wide receiver in fantasy. Ooh, that's pretty bold. That is wow. That could be something. I no, I of the Kansas City wide receivers, I'm most intrigued by him. So he would be the one I think we talked about a couple weeks ago, the the one that that I would target. So um all right, that's an interesting one. So here's uh I've got another guy I've, I'm flipping my opinion on. It's Devin Singletary. So a couple years ago in 2020, I drafted Devin Singletary over Jonathan Taylor. And I dreaded it all season long. Devin Singletary was a letdown. Then last year, I was like, I'm not drafting Singletary again. No way. Well, he had a very good year. He was, he, the Bills offense we know is dynamic. They should be another wonderful offense again this year. And according to Fantasy Pros, he was the RB3 in PPR scoring over the final six weeks of the season last year. So he averaged 17 fantasy points per game. The hype in the offseason right now, as the Bills begin training camp, is their rookie running back, James Cook, out of Georgia. And we always like the rookie running backs. There's always a lot of optimism and excitement. And we like to sort of overlook guys, especially a guy like Devin Singletary, who hasn't necessarily been consistently great. He has a lot of bad games, and he's probably burned a lot of fantasy managers like myself. But the way he finished last year, and this is a Bills team that can't be messing around with rookies necessarily. Like, this is a veteran team ready to win a Super Bowl. Now, rookies may contribute, and, and James Cook may be a good you know, pass catcher out of the backfield and, and be a nice compliment to Devin Singletary. But I'm starting to say, okay, if I can get Singletary as a steal, I'm back in. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, to go get him, and I think he's going to slip in, in drafts and uh, – I'm, 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 even the words coming out of my mouth, it's a big deal for me to come around on this, but I think I'm doing it. So what do you think? I like it. And I don't, I, I see the, the path for the James Cook hype, right? Like he's a young explosive running back. His brother's obviously Dalvin Cook, but when he was at Georgia, he was not this guy getting 20 carries per game. He was really the third in the pecking order for actual like carries. He was their number one receiving threat as a running back, which is how he'll be used in Buffalo's offense. But I mean, Singletary still should be the guy getting the goal line work and getting the bulk of the carries there in that offense. All right. So intern CJ is a big bills fan. Thumbs up on Devin Singletary or thumbs down. Ooh, he's, he's wishy-washy. Okay. (laughs) All right. So he's not buying my my take on that. So we'll see. It's all about value too. If I can get Singletary for value, that's that's going to be the, the the key. Really, that's the key to fantasy. The key to fantasy is get drafting players with value that that can over overachieve where you take them. Last year, I took Cooper Cup in the third round, and he was the top wide receiver. That's where you find the value. All right, give me. Uh, actually, we'll 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 save those maybe for another time. We have got a couple other guys maybe we've changed opinions on, but we'll we'll keep rolling today. Um, I want to jump into this this topic uh, about experts, and I, I want to before we we do jump in, Harrison. Uh, when it comes to who you rely on, or what what sites do you like when it comes to fantasy? experts now hopefully we're becoming that for for our listeners and you know we we consider ourselves more fantasy coaches than anything uh but at the same time we also look to other guys in the fantasy industry 
that are experts. Follow guys on Twitter. I read articles. I listen to podcasts. I, so I'm, I'm right there with you trying to gain knowledge and information from others. So who, who are some of those uh, experts that, that you keep up with? So for me, the main fantasy experts that I keep up with are another great podcast, the Fantasy Footballers. Uh, they've been at the top of the game for a while. They're super entertaining and they have lots of great takes. Um, and But then overall experts, I think, you know, obviously we are not at every single practice for teams. We're not experts on every single team. We don't have enough time to watch every single football game for all 32 NFL teams. Looking at teams, individual like beat reporters and the experts of guys who follow that team in local areas, I think those are experts you should also really listen to. Because even though they might not be giving fantasy advice, they know the ins and outs in the teams. Anything, something happens, a coach is telling them, they got guys' ears. Those are the guys you should also be listening to for information that you can then use for fantasy. Absolutely. No question. And then did you tell me that you bought a fantasy magazine? I did. I did. I always like to buy one at the beginning of every year, just a, you know, generic ESPN or sports (laughs) illustrated because fantasy magazines are the most ridiculous thing in the world to me. Cause obviously fantasy is so fluid, especially in the off season, you know, guys get beat out for starting roles that someone gets injured in in preseason. So buying a magazine that's never going to change, it's a piece of paper on rankings in July that you then expect to be the same in August is just so funny to me. You think (laughs) nothing's going to change over the next month. So I always like to buy one in July and then look back a month later and be like, wow, I can't believe this guy was ranked as the number three running back or the number 10 wide receiver. And then, you know, he wasn't even on my draft board by the time the season started. Gosh, no, I mean, I've been playing almost 20 years. Back in 2004 was my first year. So back then, magazines were crucial. The, the industry wasn't like it is today. I don't think podcasts had even started yet. And, and so I loved magazines. And I'm also a little bit of a collector. And so I would keep my fantasy magazines year in, year out. And after a few years, you know what I would do? I would show up to my draft with old magazines. And so I would sit down. And it, it was just sort of a, a flex a little bit, right, to use a fantasy term uh, to my buddies, my, my high school buddies. And at that point, we were way out of high school. But um, I would show up with – made it seem like I had all this research. Oh, wow, Bryce bought all these magazines. Now I just collected all the old ones. But I still always have, a, have the, the newest one. But eventually I stopped getting the magazine. I haven't bought one, goodness, in 10 years or more. But um, you know what you have to do with the old magazines too – is the guys on the cover from like five years ago. You got to put that one on top. So the guy sitting next to you is like, oh, I see Antonio Brown on that magazine right there. I must take Antonio Brown in the first round. He's got to be really good and just completely throw everyone off. You got to mess with them. You got to mess with your league mates because the reality is there are a couple guys that show up to your draft that are not prepared and they're scrambling at the last minute. They printed out a a ranking sheet, uh, some generic one, which we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, But that's what what a a lot of league you know, mates do. So, uh, so yeah, anyway, you can mess with them is always fun. Um, but the other thing last year, we do have someone in my league that continues to use the magazine and he was all, you know, he still brags about, Oh yeah, I still do the magazine. He finished last last year. So <laughs> there you go. So there's, there's the case case closed, but, um, but let me, uh, we'll, we'll talk to, to Harrison in, in a moment, but, but I want to jump into this week's breakout. So each week on the podcast, we do a, a fantasy and faith breakout where we take a fantasy concept and 
relate it to the Bible, relate it to our own lives. And we know in, in fantasy, we, we have basically two choices. We can either rely fully on our own information or, you know, we, as NFL fans, we're watching games. And so we can make fantasy decisions based on our own information, which is good. You know, you want to gain experience and all that sort of thing. But we also have the decision of leaning on fantasy experts. And when we prepare for a draft, we prepare for our fantasy drafts, the more information from you know different different perspectives and different sites and different experts to say okay what is the consensus and and what seems to be the 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 wise decisions to make when I'm on the clock we're going to be in a better position now if we come up blind you know show up to a draft blind or if we show up just with our own information and our own knowledge we're going to be limited and so we're not going to be as effective when drafting a team now, you might get lucky once in a while, but but ultimately, those of us that really prepare for a draft, and you know, we understand that not every expert, they can't tell the future, they don't know everything, uh, but there are fantasy experts that we can trust and, and rely on and, and, and ultimately help us. And, and so the way this parallels our, our own lives is who are we leaning on to help us make wise decisions? We all face them, career decisions, uh, marriage decisions, as a dad, uh, as, you know, within work and day to day. You also have decisions when it comes to what's the right thing to do from a spiritual standpoint. Are we going to follow Jesus? Or are we going to go our own way? And I have found in my own life, I'm, I'm 35, I have always had mentors in my life. At different stages, some of them have remained the, the whole time, you know, a long time, uh, and then others have come in at different seasons of life. I have had key people, advisors, mentors, uh, you know, pastors, all, all these different types of roles, coaches that have invested in me, have poured into my life, and I can go to them when I have decisions to make. And so if it's a you know, uh, maybe along a business financial decision, you go to someone like that. Uh, if it's a, a marriage decision, somebody that's been married and has a good marriage that you like, you look to and go, yeah, that's the kind of marriage I'm after. All right, let me ask them. Let me, let me get, gain some wisdom uh, from them. And then when it comes to, you know, walking with Jesus, it's, it's finding guys that, that you've seen have a track record of, okay, that guy, that guy really follows Jesus. He loves Jesus. And I want to ask him some questions and learn from him, knowing none of these guys have all the answers, knowing that, that none of them are, you know, exactly perfect when it, when it comes to uh, every single question that, we're, that we ask them looking for, looking for, for wisdom. Um, but we can, we can rely on them, which is, which is awesome. And, and so when we, we look at the Bible, uh, the book of wisdom is Proverbs. And so we want to go into Proverbs and Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. And so you know, that's, that's good from a fantasy perspective too. But, but more importantly, when it comes to you know, the key decisions in, in life, Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. 
And one of the keys to being willing to pursue wisdom is humility. We have to humble ourselves and acknowledge that we definitely don't have the answers, but let's go, you know, seek out people that that do have wisdom, that do have more experience than us, that have more information. They might be a little older, not always, but usually they're a little bit older, a little bit more seasoned. And, and so when it comes to fantasy, you know, it's, it's guys that have been playing a little longer. So I've got these two fantasy rings. So I've got a little credibility, right? Um, I've been playing a long time. And, and so I've experienced certain things and can help you. Um, again, I don't have all the answers, but, but I've, I've got the experience. And so who are we leaning on when, when it comes to key decisions in life, where are we going for wisdom? And, and so, uh, one more, uh, one more verse in, in Proverbs, it says, uh, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy one results in good judgment. And so the key to making wise choices in life, ultimately experts, advisors, that's good. That helps. We've got to go to the Bible. We've got to seek Jesus. We've, we've got to have everything rooted in biblical truth and our faith. That's where true wisdom comes from. God speaks through other people, but ultimately he has revealed himself to us through his word. And that's where we go for wisdom. Um, ultimately. And so if we, will, if we want to remain in God's will, we must study scripture so that we have the proper view of his character and his word. And, and then along with that, we rely on experienced mentors, pastors, teachers who have a deeper understanding than, than we do, uh, especially in, in key topics. And, and even as we read the Bible and there are topics that pop up and it might be confusing, but I don't understand that. Well, that's an opportunity for us to then find wisdom or, you know, seek wisdom from somebody else that may have a better understanding of a a specific scripture, specific verse, uh, you know, chapter, book, whatever it may be, um, a topic in in the Bible that that we can then rely on them for. Uh, And so today, let's be challenged by the encouraging words found uh, also in Proverbs 15.22 in the Amplified Version, without consultation and wise advice, plans are frustrated. But with many counselors, they are established and succeed. And, and so let's surround ourselves with wise people and, and let's take advantage of the wisdom of others. And, and so ultimately, especially if we get conflicting, sometimes we'll talk to three different people and we'll get conflicting kind of advice or suggestions. That's why we must remain rooted in faith. And ultimately, we have to trust the Holy Spirit. If we're a follower of Jesus, to trust the, the, the Holy Spirit to confirm the truth, confirm the right decision. Um, and sometimes it may even mean that we go against the three people <laughs> if the Holy Spirit is, is very convincing and, and we sense it in, in, our, in our spirit, relying on the Holy Spirit, uh, then we have to go that path. So this is all a part of living as a follower of Jesus. It's seeking wisdom. It's factoring in the advice of, of others but then making sure it lines up with scripture and it aligns with the, the, the way the Holy spirit is, is leading us. Um, and so you have to seek that confirmation. And so to parallel it one more time with, with fantasy, we can listen to a lot of advice, factor it all in. But when we're on the clock, if when it comes to fantasy, we just have to go with our gut, our gut sometimes. Right. And it's like, Oh, I just feel, I feel like I gotta, I gotta go this direction. Um, and, and so when it comes to, you know, real important stuff in life and faith, 
if, if, if we're followers of Jesus, we've surrendered our life to him. We have been given the Holy Spirit, the helper, the guide uh, within us to, to, to bring to mind truth, to bring to mind scripture, to bring to mind uh, what God really uh, says and desires and what his will is. And so we have to be in tune to that spirit. Um, and so that's a, that's a, you know, that's a deeper, deeper topic, but, um, but we have to continue to seek God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, um, and love him. So, uh, so there you go. So that's the encouragement, uh, for us today. And, and so that's our breakout, a little bit of, uh, wisdom and, and experts. And, and to continue that, that conversation a, a little bit, uh, just to kind of have some fun, uh, Harrison mentioned the ESPN magazine and, the reality is a lot of those rankings will be wrong and they're already wrong because they're, they printed it <laughs> a few weeks ago or they put it together months ago and, and all that sort of thing. But uh, when you look across even different websites, Harrison, what are some of the expert rankings that, that jump out? And what is this rumor that you've heard that certain sites actually put out kind of false rankings or weird rankings? What, what's the story there? So I heard this rumor that you know the sites that you draft on when you do your online sites like Yahoo or or ESPN will throw guys at the beginning of of the rankings of of the queue of who you're supposed to take that shouldn't really belong there in order to trick fantasy managers who haven't been up to date on the <laughs> rankings or preparing so they take guys who are maybe you know good 5 years ago or who were injured to reward the fantasy managers who are actually up to date and not just going off the cheat sheets uh, and the first example of this that I saw actually comes from the ESPN magazine that I bought. And that was that Travis Kelsey was their 29th overall ranked player. And it said wow. that you should be targeting him in the third to fourth round. If Travis Kelsey is still available in the third to fourth round of your draft, that is the easiest pick in the history of fantasy football. I mean, I hope that everyone in your league picked up this ESPN magazine and doesn't think they have to draft Kelsey until it gets to the third or fourth round. Cause that would just be amazing. Gosh, no, that's so with Kelsey in particular, I find him very interesting this year because I think he's still a no brain. He's the no brainer tight end one. He's still, he's still the tight end you want. Now I'm still a little, like I just, the chiefs seem interesting to me this year, just the way that the season ended, how they lost, like how did they lose to the bills? It was just like the, the, the craziest thing. Um, and so well, the, the chiefs, uh, they lost to the Bengals. Yeah. They lost, they beat the bills, Josh Allen. Then they beat the, then they lost to the Bengals. Um, sorry, CJ. Uh, no, I still don't understand how they lost that game to the Bengals. They allowed the Bengals to get back into that game. And it just felt like, wait, what happened to Patrick Mahomes? So there's still a little part of me that, that wonders what's going on in Kansas city. And maybe I'm looking too much into that playoff game. Um, they lucked out against the bills. That's right. In the overtime game. And then all of a sudden the Bengals, uh, the Bengals came back in the, in, in the AFC championship game. So with Kelsey though, when I'm looking at, at drafts, if I can get him like late in the second round, I'm loving life. That that would be sweet. So I know I'm probably not as convinced that I have to take him in the first, uh, that maybe I, maybe I would have been in years past. So I'd like to wait a little bit, but people still probably buy into him and he'll probably go at the end of a first round, most likely in most drafts, I would say. So, all right. Any other uh, rankings jump out to you that were kind of goofy? Yeah. So another one from CBS is Chris Godwin as the 38th overall player in fantasy football. 
Now, I love Chris Godwin as a player. He's been I've had him on fantasy teams. He's been great for me the last couple of years. But are we just ignoring the fact that that he has a major injury here and probably is not going to be on the field for the beginning of the season? The guy who I'm taking in the third or fourth round, like CBS is suggesting here, I do not want him to be out for the first six games of the season and not really know when he's going to get back on the field. So that's just something that, yeah, I could take him as a top 15 probably wide receiver if he was healthy, but he is not healthy. So I don't know why he is ranked that high. And I think I made it clear on the podcast that I'm out on the Bucks this year. So I think the, the Super Bowl run is over. The Super Bowl window has closed. So we already saw Leonard Fournette come back. So he's going to drop in, a, come back overweight. Uh, he's going to drop in a lot of drafts now. I'm still avoiding him. I don't care how far he drops. I've, I don't think I've ever drafted him. I've, I've been out on Leonard Fournette ever since college. Now, I know he's been good at times. He was okay at times in Jacksonville. And, of course, he had a, he actually overachieved last year in Tampa Bay. Um, but whether it's Godwin or I'm, I'm out on the Bucks. So the only one I, I, I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago, Russell Gage is intriguing to me, depending on how late you get him. He's kind of a value pick for me. But all right, give me one more uh, weird ranking that, that you have. So one more comes from Yahoo, and that is that Jalen Waddell is the wide receiver 13 for them. Mm. Now, Jalen Waddell finished as the wide receiver 13 last year, but then the Dolphins which was added, impressive, which was very impressive for a rookie, right? But then the Dolphins added Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson, and Chase Edmonds. I don't see how he then is now the number two weapon in this offense and is still going to be the wide receiver 13. Again, that just makes no sense to me that they have him ranked that high. Um, I mean, he can certainly be solid, but being a fringe number one wide receiver when Tyreek Hill is, is now there, that just seems a little bit crazy to me. So the one guy that I like is Cedric Wilson coming from Dallas. I just, I love his game and I don't know if there's going to be an opportunity for him in, in Miami. Uh, but there are a lot of there are a lot of players there. So Gasicki, I mean, I, Tua's got all the weapons. So can Tua Tua's the big question mark, really. And I'm I'm out on Tua, so it makes it me kind of out on on everybody. Um, but yeah, I don't see Waddle finishing 13th. There's there's no way he'll be. Gosh, I I mean I I'd be I'd be fine drafting him as a as my third wide receiver. That I'd be okay with that, but I, I wouldn't be confident enough to draft him as my second wide receiver on my fantasy team. So that that gives you a little little gauge on that. All right, let's uh, let's transition and talk about some of the the training camp battles. And for the next few weeks, uh, this is going to be very interesting. And and this goes back to what experts are we following, and what information are we reading, and are we going to ride the wave of practice reports because it's a wild ride. I went to the beach earlier this summer, caught, I, I had one good, I like the body surf, one good memorable wave. But when it comes to training camp reports, it's a constant, constant wave of emotions. Um, but but uh, some of the, the key ones, that we, and we'll talk about a few of these, but, you know, the Chiefs running back situation, I, I'm still, I, again, the Chiefs are just a big question mark to me. I, I don't know. I just, I keep going back to that. The division is unbelievable this year. They've been sort of the easy lock in. Oh, they're going back to the Super Bowl. I can't get there yet, but we'll see. Uh, but now now they added Ronald Jones into the mix. Um, so we'll see there. The, the Packers wide receivers with Devontae Adams gone. Who's going to emerge? We're all fascinated by that. I don't know if you saw the video of Aaron Rodgers coming to to practice today or showing up to the facility. I mean, was there anything more bizarre than that? With the long hair, 
the, the dramatic. It was even like the camera was dramatic. I mean, it was just so ridiculous. He's he's wearing his little uh, tank top shirt. I, what am I what am I watching here? Is this a, a Hanes commercial? I, I just can't figure it out. No, it was bizarre. Did you see it? Did you see the video? Yeah, I, I saw okay. that video. You left me it hanging. Was... You left me hanging there. Like, it was... You don't even know what to say about it, which I understand. It, it... It wasn't even him like walking into the building. It was just him like walking through the parking lot as well, which Getting was just out of so his car. funny to me. Get out of his car. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. He's something else, man. I, 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 I am a little speechless when it comes to him. But even the weird videos and the weird offseason and all the weird stories with him, it does make me wonder. It makes me wonder about, about this season in particular. What, what, what's it going to look like without Devontae Adams? So, of course, the wide receivers are uh, going to be interesting there. Uh, then we got the Bills running backs, which we've talked about. The Patriots running backs every year. The committee, who 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 emerges there? Uh, the Tampa Bay tight end situation. Gronk, he's out. I I am on the side that he remains retired because I think I the agree. Bucks are done. I, I think agree. the Bucks are done. Um, the Bucks will still win some games this year. Don't hear me wrong. Uh, but as far as counting on them to to win your fantasy league, I wouldn't do it. Uh, and then the 49ers running backs. This is a consistent uh, running back by committee adventure. And then I would even add the Dolphins. They got a ton of running backs. We got to figure out what they're going to do uh, with uh, with McDonald taking over. I, I've, I've forgotten his name. What's his name? Mike, Mike McDonald. McDaniel, but Mike McDaniel. McDaniel. I want to think of the singer uh, Mike McDonald. <laughs> One thing we do know with the uh, Dolphins running backs is that we can, you know, two weeks from now, we'll have some clarity that Raheem Mostert won't be the guy because he'll be injured. So really it'll just be a oh, two-man fair. race at that point. So that we have a little bit of clarity in a couple weeks. Well, that's fair. But I guess when you look at McDaniel coming from the Shanahan tree, they buy into the committees. And then we know New England loves the committee. And then now Josh McDaniel's in Las Vegas, which makes it a little bit more murky for Josh Jacobs uh, and, and Drake. And they've got a third guy as well. Uh, and then the other training camp battle, uh, the Ravens uh, running backs and wide receivers. So I think both situations are, are up in the air. Uh, but what, what battle jumps out to you as, as one that you're following most, most closely? Yeah, I think the Ravens running back is one that we really have to monitor because this is a team that loves to run the ball, has always been one of the most efficient rushing offenses, and has used multiple running backs anyways. But right now, J.K. Dobbins is really the only guy being drafted in fantasy, despite the fact that you know he tore his ACL last year and is still recovering from that. We don't know what the reports are. There's a lot of mixed reports. He says he's fine. The team and beat reporters say that he's not fine, but... They signed Mike Davis in the offseason as well, who was you know disappointing last year in Atlanta, lost the job to a wide receiver in Cordell <laughs> Patterson. Gus Edwards, everyone has forgot about because he was a value last year. A lot of people were saying in fantasy drafts, but then he also tore his ACL before the season started. And then they have a rookie they took in the sixth round who is also, you know, if everyone is on injured starting the season, he could find himself as the starting running back for the Baltimore Ravens week one, who is a team that is going to run the ball a lot. So I think it's really important to monitor between those four guys. There's a lot of questions between all four of them. Who is the week one starter? Because if it's not J.K. Dobbins, then you can most likely pick that guy up off waivers or just take him in the last round of your fantasy draft and have a solidified starter day one in one of the best, if not the best rushing offense in the NFL. That's why I'm going with Lamar. Give me Lamar. Give Lamar, me Lamar. That, Lamar that, that is a starting running back for the Ravens. That, that removes the, the confusion there. Um, 
the 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 one that uh actually you put this on our our format the uh saints running back situation so going into the season the saints are another one of those teams that um i'm i don't know what to think and as a panthers fan i'm I'm biased because i don't like the saints and so i'm rooting for them to fail but last year i jumped on the bandwagon for a backup running back tony jones jr and i saw him in preseason i think that's why i liked him so much and I kept waiting for him to get an opportunity. He, he just never emerged, but I'm wondering maybe this year, like if he, if he gets more of an opportunity in training camp, uh, them preparing for, we still haven't heard with Camara, um, what the, what the story is there. I mean, Mark Ingram's a great guy and what a nice career he's had, but are we still relying on Mark Ingram? Is he really going to be the guy, uh, if Camara's out? Um, so, you know, the, to me, the question marks surrounding the Saints are immense. Jameis Winston uh, coming back from a big injury. We know he's got a great arm. If Michael Thomas is healthy, I mean, that's a nice, you know, one-two punch. But Michael Thomas, like we talked about on the show, I mean, he was the top wide receiver just a few years ago, and now we've totally written him off. But where do we draft him this year? I don't know. So all of that, to me, that's just like the whole Saints training camp battle. The whole thing is interesting confusing Dennis Allen uh the new head coach what will he continue with in regards to the 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 blueprint that Sean Payton has has had there for so long a long time um so I again I I like Tony Jones Jr I'm intrigued by him uh there's a, a part of me that wants to see him emerge uh but will he be able to you know solidify that that role as the key backup uh by the end of training camp by the end of preseason so I'll be keeping an eye out for that yeah, I think one guy for the Saints also that is interesting that we should just mention is undrafted rookie Abram Smith out of Baylor. Now, he was kind of crazy in college because he played linebacker his first three years at Baylor. And then for his senior season, they're like, all right, uh, let's try you at running back. You're the starting running back now. And he had 1,600 yards and 12 touchdowns. and It was an absolute monster for them. You know, he's a guy that the Saints picked up, picked up pretty quickly after the draft was over. And Every year there's an undrafted, you know, rookie running back like James Robinson a few years ago or even Jarrett Patterson last year who surprised people and they make the roster and they're always in the mix and once the starter goes down they get a big role. Could that happen this year maybe with Abram Smith? I guess we'll see during training camp. I I'm always intrigued by the rookie running backs. It's all, and again, we got to keep an eye out during training camp uh to see how those those guys show up. And, you know, last year, every year, every year, a lot of the rookies get hyped before we ever see them on the field, just based on what they did in college. But we got to see him on an NFL, even if it is a training camp field, uh, we've got to see it. So uh, that's an interesting name to keep an eye out for. All right. Give me one more uh, team battle that that you're keeping an eye out for. What, what other one? So one more up? that I'm keeping an eye out for is the Cowboys third wide receiver. You know, they lost Cedric Wilson, a guy that you liked a lot. Uh, they lost Amari Cooper. So now CeeDee Lamb is the lone wide receiver there to start the season because Michael Gallup, even though he's great, he's going to be injured for the first couple weeks of the season. And before he gets back, someone else is going to have to step up into that wide receiver two role and then ultimately fall into the wide receiver three role in the offense. And, you know, the two guys there that they have right now are James Washington, who's you know, a veteran, and he was on Pittsburgh for a couple of years, had some big games, but never really solidified himself with all the great wide receivers in Pittsburgh. 
And then rookie Jalen Tolbert coming in seems like a great prospect who they took, you know, relatively early in the draft. Which one of those two guys establishes themselves as the number two wide receiver to start off the season? Because this is a really high powered passing offense. You're going to want the number two wide receiver in the Cowboys offense. Then ultimately, even though they are going to eventually fall to be the number three guy when Michael Gallup comes back during the last three seasons, when Kellen Moore has been the offensive coordinator, they've run a lot of three wide receiver sets. And the third wide receiver for the Cowboys has averaged 785 receiving yards per year, which is still, you know, a lot of good games worked in there that can be relative for fantasy. So I think that's an important matchup to watch during training camp. Football is back. Here we go. Training camps are open. Uh, Here's a little uh, bonus uh, take as we, as we wrap things up, Josh Palmer, the third wide receiver in LA. I'm jumping on the bandwagon. I know you like Mike Williams and I'm going to bank on him being injured. I've kind of bought that narrative over the years and I want as many pieces of the chargers offense as I can get. And so I just want to get ahead of the game. So if you, if you're drafting sooner than later, get Josh Palmer, you're, you're, there's a little bit of buzz already, but I, I I'm, I'm buying the, the hype and the potential for uh, a nice role, even as the third guy. But if either Keenan Allen or Mike Williams go down, it's going to be a high powered offense all year long. So yeah. I mean, you might, that. you might not even need Mike Williams to go down because Josh Palmer last yeah. year, he averaged double digit fantasy points in PPR over the back half of the season when he became that number three guy. So he's definitely someone to invest in. That's, you know, probably going in the last round of your draft, if at all. Gosh. Yeah. So there's a, there's a little takeaway for you uh, that popped in my head to, to share. So there you go. All right, Harrison, great job out of you. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks to uh, CJ, our, our intern, as well. We will be back uh, next Tuesday. We record these on Tuesdays. And then once the season begins, the plan is to go live on Tuesdays. So uh, be looking out for that. Uh, we also do the Unpacking It podcast on Mondays uh, with Luke Heaton uh, and Henry Bienname and the interns. So, uh, so check that out. Uh, but great work from Harrison. Check out our website, Fantasy Football Fellowship. Dot com. Read some of the great articles by Harrison. Uh, also, all of our breakouts and devotional content. Some of it's free. Uh, a lot of it is based on being a member. So we encourage you to become a member today. It's only $10. And then also we have church options or organization options. If you want to run a whole league, multiple leagues, give a lot of people access uh, to the member area. Uh, check that out, fantasyfootballfellowship.com. So, For Harrison and CJ, I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan and a fantasy GM who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans and fantasy GMs who follow Jesus together, in fellowship uh, together. And, And so today, the encouragement, surround yourself with wise counsel. So seek wisdom, seek experts. Ultimately, we seek God, we seek his word, and we find wisdom, truth in his word. But let's also lean on other uh, wise people to to offer insight in in a lot of areas in our lives. Most importantly, our, our journey with Jesus. So be encouraged. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks so much for listening to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MetaShare. (laughs) 